The new Super Beats Heart Chews Advanced is now supercharged with CoQ10. Support your healthy CoQ10 levels and blood pressure with two chews a day. Visit RadioBeatsBeets.com and save 15% with promo code DEAL. Hi, this is Olivia Cook. And I'm Amber Duffney. And this is The Empowered Woman. Badass and unfiltered. My co-host Amber and I created this podcast to highlight the badass women we know and love. We did this with the goal of empowering women and supporting each other on the journey of life and business. We show women that they can still be a badass, make a difference in the world, leave a legacy, all while rocking their femininity. Now let's dive in. Hello, and welcome back to the Empowered Woman, Badass and Unfiltered Podcast. Co-host Olivia here with Amanda Myris, a serial entrepreneur. She has been on her own since the age of 17, worked two jobs while in high school to support herself. For her senior project, she created a website, and that was back in 2010. And then she created a sustainable women's clothing fashion brand. 10 years later, and she works from anywhere. She will be sharing her story and message of how hard work, passion, and consistency has made it possible to accomplish her goals, and will be sharing tips on how you can do it too. As always, the links to contact her are in the show notes below. Thank you so much, Amanda, for joining me. Yes, thanks for having me. That was such a great intro. I was like blushing and smiling the whole time you're saying it. Thank you. Well, thanks for having me. (laughs) Of course. course. So yeah, tell me a little bit about how um, you started your business and like how you knew that that was just, you weren't going to give up. Uh, So like you said, I've been on my own since 17 and then my senior project, we had to create something. So I was like, okay, let me create something that I'm actually passionate about. I've always been into fashion and I was always like, oh, I want to be a model. I want to be a model. But I was like, had no self-confidence. So I'm like, I couldn't be a model. So what do they do behind the scenes? And so that's what I started focusing on. And I was like, oh, I love like clothing. And growing up, I was, um, we were always going to the thrift stores. And I was always made fun of because I had like nothing in trend or anything like that. I was only shopping like, and it was the thrift stores, but it was the clearance thrift stores. So we would buy, like get the tags. It was like a red tag. That was 50% off. Like that's what we could only get. (laughs) So uh, yeah, I was made fun of a lot. And then as I got older, I, my style was very unique just because I had to work with what I had. And then I just started doing a fashion brand. When I had my senior project, I did all of the research on how to start a fashion brand and like where to get buyers and everything. And uh, I was on my own. So I spent like $200, which was huge for me because I had to pay my own bills and go to school. And so I was like, Oh my gosh, I hope this works. I hope I don't get scammed. I'm buying something. I don't even know where, but I was like, it's coming from LA. Like at least that's a good sign. Right. (laughs) And so I just ordered it and it was like, I don't know, four different items. There was a scarf, a shirt, a necklace. Um, I don't know, just like small things that I was like, okay, if these don't sell, like it's not going to take up a lot of stuff. It's not a crazy huge investment. 
and it came and I was like wow it was like six necklaces and like 12 scarves or some some crazy because it was wholesale and I just started taking it to school with me and I was selling clothes and like selling these jewelry things to people in my class and when I presented my senior project there was a panel and it was like six people on the panel three men three women and I ended up selling something to every single woman on the panel <laughs> during my presentation and I was like wow this is something so then I started like slowly buying more and buying more and um when I sold everything I would just reinvest the money and buy more and I started selling stuff out of the trunk of my car <laughs> like selling clothes to strangers off of the internet I would sell stuff for, on like the Facebook marketplace yeah and randomly randomly meet up with women that I didn't even know and we would go and it would be in the Starbucks parking lot because if it was closed I'd be like oh you can just go try it on in Starbucks and if it doesn't work then it's okay I have another size <laughs> so that's how I paid bills in high school <laughs> I love that. You said you said a lot in this and, and there's a yeah, lot of things I that I want to touch on <laughs> that you said. So you said something about not having the confidence to be a model, but at the same time, you had a, the confidence to meet strangers. So you got to <laughs> at least give yourself kudos for that. I mean, oh, thank you. No, seriously, like meeting, <laughs> meeting strangers. Granted, I'm an extrovert, so I have no problem like meeting people like I get on Bumble BFF now. And I'll like meet up with people at a public place, of course. Um, but my husband's always like, okay, who are you meeting up with? And everybody else is so Where freaked out to meet me. And I'm like, I'm not scared. I've got mace. <laughs> <laughs> like, I can fight. I'm not worried. It's okay. You're fine. <laughs> but you also, this... go ahead. Oh, sorry. There was this meme and it was like growing up, we were always told not to talk to strangers and not to get into cars with people you didn't know. Now we like order an Uber off the internet and like get into a car with a stranger. <laughs> yes. Yes. Isn't that crazy? I know. I know. But you got it. That's why you have to make sure they say your name first. Like there's some yes. etiquette and rule. Check, check the license plate. Yes. Sure. And also... Uber, they've done so much. You got to make sure the light matches the color that you're supposed to have. Uber, their specific mm. colors light up with the color that you're going to have on your phone. So you should make mm. sure that it matches that. There's a lot of fail safes that people just, I don't even th think they know that the proper etiquette on that, but I'm, I used yeah. to want to be a <laughs> homicide detective. So like, I'm really always aware of my surroundings. I did not go that route because I'm a military wife. But anyway, you also said something about, you know, you reinvested your money back into it. So mm -hmm. what percentage would you say that you reinvested back into your business when you started out? Well, when I first did it, I reinvested like all of it since I only bought a tiny bit amount. I think I kept like enough for my phone bill, but at the time phone bills weren't as much as they are now. And, uh, but I reinvested it all. And then I got like pants and shirts. And so I was reinvesting and buying more expensive items. And so, yeah, <laughs> I just kept on reinvesting it. That's awesome. That's awesome. And yeah. when did you start to realize that you could like make something out of it? Mm, when I sold it to the panel and they were like, oh my gosh, they were just so impressed. Cause they were at the time, there was nothing like it. And I was like, wow, 
if I could sell it to the panel and I'm, they're supposed to be judging me, but instead they're shopping for me, like I could sell anybody, <laughs> like I could sell this to anybody. <laughs> so. When, um, now, when did you start to become more of a sustainable, um, fashion brand? Uh, that was within the last few years, just because, so when I graduated high school, I was in a different city than my hometown. And after I graduated, I ended up moving back to my hometown and I, in the process of doing my, um, my senior project, I realized I wanted to move to New York City and expand my fashion brand. And so I ended up moving back home and I was home working and I was working like six jobs at a time because uh, I wanted to get completely out of debt. Of course, living on my own, I ended up getting debt just because I had credit cards and I was young and all of that. And so I wanted to get completely out of debt and I wanted to save at least $10,000 before I moved to New York, just because it's so expensive here. And I didn't want to just move clear across the country just to go back home. So where are you was, from originally again? Washington state. Oh yeah. That's clear across the country. Yeah. Clear across <laughs> <laughs> like the furthest of the furthest away. <laughs> Yeah. So that was like two years to get out of debt, save $10,000. And I was still living on my own at the time, but I was only paying, like, it's so crazy to think how much I was paying in rent then compared to now I was paying like $400 a month in rent and I had a pool and a gym. And like, now I pay like quadruple. (laughs) It's so sad, but yeah. So I saved up money and then I moved to New York and I was doing my fashion brand, but I wasn't doing it full time just because I needed a job. You know, I couldn't just like move here and do a fashion brand in New York, where it's like the most competitive industry in New York. (laughs) And so I started working and I was just doing research on different things and just like growing my knowledge and everything because I'm self taught with everything I've done. And I was like, wow, the fast the fashion industry is terrible for the environment. And I've always like, been um an environmentalist like I love the environment and I feel like people should recycle and every time I go to the beach I pick up garbage in the beach like I try and do the best for the environment because like it's the only place we have to live um so it's like I feel like a hypocrite because I love the environment so much and I'm trying my best to do something but the fashion industry is the second highest polluter in the world and so I was like okay and I felt like a fraud almost I was like having like a crisis I was like it's like two of the like you can't have both like you can't be benefit for the environment and be have a fashion brand it just doesn't go together so I completely changed my brand and I was like all right so I'm not going to buy wholesale anymore and I'm going to figure out a way to uh like focus on sustainability and like focus on small And it kind of just worked out. I ended up meeting a friend. He's now one of my best friends. I met him at a fashion show and we were just like chatting, talking. He's a fine artist. And I told him about my fashion brand and he was like, oh, blah, blah, blah. I have my sister-in-law. She has a nonprofit and they focus on uh, sustainable items. And so I just partnered up with his sister-in-law. He connected me. She was in India. And I don't even speak the language. So he was like the connector. And then it kind of just blew up from there. (laughs) It just kind of rolled. It was like a snowball. As soon as I told myself, I'm not going to focus on like the fast fashion industry and I want to do something different. It kind of just 
snowballed and worked out. I love that. That is so awesome. I'm also, I'm like, I call myself a humanitarian. I, uh, I volunteered in the Bahamas this year after Hurricane Dorian. I, um, and that was in February. So I I'm like really passionate about hurricanes. So I, I do, I love when I speak to other business owners that are passionate about the environment, um, Mm -hmm. and sustainability. And I, I love that you were that conscious about it to actually change your whole thing because a lot of people, they're so money hungry, especially in our um, generation. Mm-hmm. It's like we always, especially, and you seem to be very similar to me. Like I, I grew up thrifting too. And um, I love thrifting, by the way. Me too. I love it. I like, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> And I don't really feel bad about it. Like I, um, but I would, it got to the point that I would thrift so much when I got older and I had more money that I'd spend like $200 in a Goodwill. Now, you know how many clothes that is? (laughs) I actually did that. I went to go visit one of my girlfriends recently in Massachusetts and they have a savers there and it's like amazing. We have a savers here. I wish I had a savers here. (laughs) I had to buy a whole new suitcase at the Goodwill to bring it to New York. <laughs> Girl, like I'm telling you every, and that was one of my favorite things to do is to go to like one of the most expensive areas of the place that I'm traveling and go to their mm. thrift stores because they just yeah. give away like great things, like great yeah. quality stuff. Sometimes they I still just, have tags on them. Exactly. I just found a pair of Dolce & Gabbana heels for $5. <laughs> right, right. And it's I'm like, like, I don't think they realize these are Dolce & Gabbana. <laughs> I know. I'm like, do these people not know what this is? <laughs> <laughs> but no, so I, I I totally get it. And because like we grew up kind of like the way we did, like having to have not necessarily, we didn't grow up with the necessary, necessarily the best money mindsets and also struggling from like a young age and being on our own from a young age as well. Like I granted, I wasn't on my own since the age of 17, but I didn't have a lot of support after I turned 19 for real, like I started paying rent at my dad's house. So, and then after that, I started living on my own at 20, but, um, it's just, it's so easy. I feel like for people like us or other people to just focus on making the money because it's something that we lacked, Mm. but I love the fact that you're like, no, I'm going to care more about the place that I live. So can you talk a little bit more about how you just like, why you're so passionate about being a sustainable uh, fashion brand? I don't, I don't know. I just feel like it's our responsibility and it's something that's always been a passion of mine ever since I was young. Like um, we didn't grow up with a lot of money and I was always trying to help other people. And like, I would watch those like feed the children on TV and I'd be like, mom, please, can we feed them? And she's like, no, we got to feed ourselves. Like <laughs> we're struggling too. And so it's always been like, I've always wanted to help people. And I've always wanted to, I don't know. It's just, I feel like it's just one of my callings, I guess, to just help and like do what's right. Like I have a huge like conscience and I'm like, I can't like, I don't like to lie. I don't like, I don't do anything. And I'm just like, it's our responsibility to just do what is right. And it's, 
it's our responsibility to take care of the environment because that's what is right. <laughs> I don't know. That's a, that's a really good mindset that you have. And oh, I can thank you for that. <laughs> so what are some of your tips for other people that are struggling through um, being fashion designers and are just business in general? Um, and like, cause you worked multiple jobs during it. And what are some of the jobs that you worked? Um, so when I moved to New York, I did a lot of the service industry. I was a bartender, a waitress, and I mean, it's really good money and, um, I enjoyed it and I'm really good at it just cause I'm good with sales and I'm good with talking to people and everything, but it was so time consuming. And I just feel like it was distracting me from my fashion brand. And so I took a risk and I was like, all right, I'm going to quit my job. And I didn't have anything else. And I was like, I'm going to get into the gig industry and the gig industry. It's like not always reliable, but you have to find different gigs, like different times. So if I want, I could work four hours today, or I could just like pick a gig for two hours or a weekend long gig or something. And I was like, I've never done this. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just going to do it. And I did it. And so I've worked so many things, <laughs> like done catering events. I've like handed out samples to people at grocery stores. Um, I've like installed art installations in New York. Uh, I don't know. So whatever I can do to like free up my time, because as I'm getting older, I'm just like, time is like so valuable. And I would rather like have less money, but more time. And like, especially to focus on what I have. And now when I have money, I'd rather either use it to reinvest in my business or use it for experiences like traveling or something. Yeah. And then I also love thrifting because it's like beautiful clothing and unique and so cheap. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> um, that is, I, I love that you, you didn't really like, you sound very humbling, humbled. Like you would do, because I know a lot of people that it's like doing certain jobs are just beneath them. Mm -mm. <laughs> I walked dogs, like <laughs> I babysat dogs for people I didn't even know. I was like, yeah, sure. I'll watch your dog. <laughs> yeah. So you definitely like, but you had an end goal because it's like, and I agree with you. Time is the most valuable thing mm -hmm. that we have. Mm -hmm. Every, we never get it back. You can make money back. Like mm -hmm. you can, but you can never get the time that you have. And so that's why I'm so picky with the people I hang out with. I'm mm -hmm. so picky with the things that I do. So I, I feel you. And I, I don't think that many people our age even realize how valuable time is, but I've worked in the service industry for like nine years too. And I, I love it. Like, I just, I love it because I get to talk to people and get paid for yeah. my personality. And I work fine dining. Yeah. Like, I literally like, no lie. I'll work like, I'll, I'll serve like three tables, make like two fifty, and be done. And it's what? like, yeah. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> I was in the wrong, the wrong side. Girl, <laughs> I was like, like... slinging drinks. <laughs> and I mean, I granted I've, I used to want to bartend and stuff like that, but now I'm like, I, I, I don't need to do that. I don't need to. Mm -hmm. I can just, 
I only work one night a week and it's my nice dose of social because I have a full-time job. My full-time job now, girl, that takes all the 40, 40, they all 40 hours. They want it all. So, but I, so much, I have so many responsibilities, but not about me, but like back to you with saying that you, your passion was your fashion industry and you knew that you had to work on that. So you were willing to take the loss so you could build it. And I think that speaks a lot to the sacrifices that people necessarily like don't realize that they have to make when they're going into business. So can you talk a little bit more about more of the sacrifices that you made? Yeah. Um, it's like a lot, but I don't know. There's been times where I would work instead of like doing anything for the holidays. And many times I would choose to work instead of doing anything for my birthday. Um, like this last birthday I was in Mexico, but before that I didn't celebrate my birthday for probably four years in a row. And then I started thinking, I'm like, why am I not? I choose to work instead. Like, why am I not celebrating my birthday? Like I should be happy. Like I'm alive and celebrate me. (laughs) So, um, before it was just like, I was always choosing to work and I was a workaholic. I don't know. Um, uh, addiction runs in my family. And so it's like in my blood, I guess, to be addicted to something. And for me, I guess it's work, (laughs) which isn't always a good thing, but it's better than drugs or alcohol, I guess. You know, addiction also runs in my family. And I always used to think because I would never like do anything hardcore because I feared that it would, you Mm -hmm. know, I would become addicted to it. But then I realized that um, habits are addictive and anything Mm -hmm. that you make a habit and you just get into the routine of doing is automatically going to just be addictive. And it's like, for you, that habit of working is, it was just a habit. Mm-hmm. That was just your way of life. And then having to change that so much, is, it's its almost, you have to intentionally do it. Mm-hmm. And once you decide that you want to change and it's not like where you want to be, because I realized I was like, oh my gosh, I've been in New York like three years or however long it was. And uh, I'm like, I still haven't really done anything with my fashion brand. Like I was supposed to move here and conquer the city. And like, what am I doing? (laughs) So I was like, something needs to change. And I don't mind. Like, I didn't have a huge savings account. I don't think I even had like anything in my savings account at the time when I quit my job. And I was just like, I'm just going to go for it and figure it out. And it worked out to my benefit because I ended up making like a lot more money because I had more time to focus on other things and do odd jobs like walk a dog (laughs) or and you know the dog that I was sitting I was working I was helping out you know um Payless shoe store yeah how they they all closed down I was helping close them down and I was dog sitting and I was like you know I don't think they'd mind but I'm gonna just take this dog with me and I was like dog sitting and I made like four hundred dollars dog sitting while I was closing down Payless shoe store and all of the girls that worked in the store like bring the dog every day it's okay and I'm like oh thank god they didn't care like I thought I was gonna lose my job I was like but I need this money (laughs) so yeah you you just have to make sacrifices and just go with your gut and you're not supposed to take dogs on this sounds really bad maybe I shouldn't say it but you're not supposed to take dogs on the public transportation 
and I lied and they said it was a service dog. <laughs> I mean, I appreciate your honesty because <laughs> like, maybe people say buy those jackets and put their dogs on planes. I'm just <laughs> like, they, I haven't done it, but I definitely, they sell those things. Okay. And most yeah. people, if you act like you're supposed to have something, no one questions you. Yes, most of the time they didn't question me. And then one time they did and I didn't know what to say. And I was like, oh no, oh no, it's a service dog. And they're like, let me see your paperwork. And so I Googled something. I <laughs> mean, so bad. but I, I had, it's a sacrifice, I guess. And he didn't believe me and he ended up kicking me off the bus and I couldn't get a bus ride and I was late for work. But I mean, I ended up catching the next bus and it worked fine. Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> That's a crazy story. So yeah. <laughs> how um how long have you been doing the fashion line um full time? Um so honestly, I was was doing it part time this whole time until COVID, really. COVID like forced me to go full time. Like in some senses like this might sound really bad, but in some senses, uh, COVID really helped my business mm -hmm. just because it forced me to be full-time with my business. And then it also gave me the free, the free time to not have to worry about another job. And like, I was in my apartment for however many days and I was just constantly on my computer from like morning to night and sales ended up coming in more just because people were home and they were shopping more. So that was a benefit for me also. And yeah, so since COVID, I've just been full-time ever since. So I don't think that that sounds bad that you chose to look at it as an opportunity for growth. There's oh, plenty you. of times that other people can look at this same situation and just get lost in the sauce mm -hmm. and completely crumble and mm -hmm. focus on other things that has nothing to do with them or that doesn't directly affect them, but you chose to focus on your passion. And I don't think that's something, you know, you should ever feel bad for or have to apologize for, mm -hmm. for the other, granted, yes, 270,000 people have died from COVID. As we speak right now, my husband has COVID, no symptoms whatsoever, none whatsoever. Really? Oh, wow. Yeah. He got the rapid response test. And in all honesty, I do not trust the accuracy of it. Either way mm -hmm. it goes, we're not going anywhere. Of course, we do not want to, even if we have no symptoms, because he's my husband, like mm -hmm. we sleep next to each other every night. I'm more than likely have COVID as well. And, um, but we're not going to go and see people and stuff, of course, because mm -hmm. I would not want, the, I fear more hurting somebody else mm -hmm. but still you you focused so I'm not saying that COVID's an amazing thing but you chose to use the opportunity to focus on what you should have and I think that's awesome because you capitalized on it and that's badass thank you <laughs> thank you a lot of people are like what does she think she's doing like you shouldn't be launching this you should like be sensitive to what's going on and I'm like yeah, but I'm a workaholic and I'm like not working. I need to work. So I don't know. Those people are not the ones that you need in your corner. Right. 
I mean, I'm just saying, because I mean, and that's the truth. There's so many in your, the more, the bigger you get, the more hate you're going to get. Mm-hmm. And I just, I know in the next couple of years, you're going to do so much and I'm so excited to see you do it. And it's just like, but seriously, these people more, there are so many hateful people in this world mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. don't want to see you win or they want you to be happy, but not happier than them. And if they're going through it, mm-hmm then you better be going through it too. Misery loves company. Mm-hmm. And there's a whole bunch of miserable people right now. So mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so a whole bunch. It is, it is hard, but it's like, you can't just focus on what other people think. Or, I mean, if I focused on what other people thought when I was first moving to New York and telling people I was going to move to New York, people were literally laughing in my face. They'd be like, yeah, right. You'll be back in six months. And it's like, if I listen to those people, like I wouldn't be here. <laughs> what are your, some of your tips when dealing with some of the negative energy that you're getting from all these other people? Um, well, it got so bad to the point where I just stopped telling people what I was doing. Like you don't have to tell people everything you're doing. It should be more of like with you and God, like you'll be guided there. Like don't let any negative energy come and try and block you. And usually when you're on your right path, you have more blockages just because like the devil is always trying to block us. And so whatever, like I just focus on what I need to do. I write my goals down and I focus on it and I can't like stop until I hit my goal. So once I make up my mind, I like do everything I can to get there. Like when I was saving up money to move to New York. I used to always get my nails done like every two weeks and blah, blah, blah. I would go out to eat and I would travel like locally. Uh, and so I completely stopped doing everything. People were like, oh, we're going to go to Seattle, which is like four or five hours. We're going to go to Seattle and watch a baseball game or a football game. And I'm like, oh, I can't. I'm sorry. Like I got goals. <laughs> and uh, one of my girlfriends, she was planning on moving to New York also she was like, I really want to go to New York. Let's go to New York for like a week. And I'm like, why are you going to go to New York for a week just to spend money when you should be saving the money and moving there? <laughs> like, I'm not about the temporary things. I focus on the bigger picture and these negative thoughts and uh, things from other people. It's just a temporary thing. And it says more about them than it does about you. Girl, you're preaching. I love it. Cause I feel this, I mean, I feel the same way and, but I think you definitely gave some really good advice there because, um, yeah, you will get more blocks because the devil sees your potential so much more than you do. Mm-hmm. And he will be just coming for you. And there's so yeah. many times that I got to start my day, just listening to gospel music, listening to a positive video. And mm-hmm. I'm like, you know what? Not today, Satan, I'm telling you about, <laughs> nope. about like 12, one o'clock after a good couple of hours of email hell, that's when it's time to meditate. And I don't do it enough, but (laughs) I don't either. I know I need to, (laughs) but no, those were awesome tips because it's so true. That is so temporary and you can't let those temporary things get to you. Um, so now that you've been working with a sustainable, like producer um, manufacturer yes manufacturer that's the word I was looking for (laughs) um 
in India, how long have you had that relationship? Did you start having that relationship this year or a few years ago? Um, two years. So I started my uh, sustainable handbag line like two years ago, but it was a long process. So I would get samples and I'd be like, okay, I need you to add this and change this or something like that. So there's a lot of back and forth going on. And I was lucky because it was my friend's sister-in-law. It's his wife's sister's nonprofit. And so they would travel to India and then they would either FaceTime me while they were there or they would bring samples and stuff like that to New York. And so I was really lucky with that. And um, so it was kind of like I had a closer relationship with the main person just because it's like a family thing. And then when I was like, okay, these are it. These are the bags. We brought two suitcases. They like checked two suitcases from India to the US and I was like oh my god I was like they're here and it's so nice to see like I was actually the other day looking at old pictures and I'm like wow like to see what it started as and like how it's evolved and it's amazing and it's just like you have to just keep pushing through because I was so stressed out I was like no this isn't it like I don't it's not working I don't know and I was of course like you, you doubt yourself like I'm my biggest critic and you just have to keep pushing through and it'll eventually it'll work out. And I was ended up, I was featured in New York fashion week with my handbags twice. And so just like, it just Hell yes, out. girl. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah. I love that. How long did the process take um, of working with the manufacturers and like mm. getting it right? Uh, almost a year. I mean, I think it was quicker just because I knew the person, like I didn't have to wait for shipment. And that's like a huge thing because they were just bringing it on their suitcase. So I was really lucky with that. Well, I was blessed. I hate saying lucky. Like I hate that word. Um, But yeah. So now that I'm ordering more bags, I try and do like a hundred bags at a time. I do it through, I have to uh, transport it, but it's through either um, sea or air. And sea is a lot cheaper because it's so expensive to transport from another country. Oh, yes. Um, Yeah, sea is a lot cheaper, but it takes like two or three months just to get here. So in the beginning process, I didn't have to worry about that. So instead of like each little sample taking two or three months to get here, it was just like a 12 hour flight. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. That yeah. makes, that makes a lot of sense. And you, you were more, you knew what you wanted with your brand more so and mm-hmm. how you wanted it to look, um, mm-hmm. with your design. This is you. you don't have like a fashion Nova shop or like, you know, just it, this is not the same thing. This is, you're, you're actually like producing your own things. And I think it's so important to, that, that you did state, you know, how long it took. And even then you were still blessed that it only took a year. Yeah. So it's like little things like that. And when I doubt myself and I'm like, oh my gosh, this isn't working. Like maybe like this isn't for me, but I love it. And I don't know, maybe like, you know, thinking you should give up. And then it's like, something amazing happens. You're like, oh my gosh, this is, this is, it's meant to be like, there's no way that all of these things literally just happen to somebody if it's not supposed to happen to them. Like being featured in fashion week. And then like my handbags, like 
just randomly meeting somebody and then he like I don't know <laughs> like I want to get into sustainability and his sister has the nonprofit. like what right because <laughs> God puts the people in your life exactly and he's so he's one of my best friends to till today and it's like four or five years four years since we first met that is awesome that is such a blessing too um so how are you marketing your website like what are some tips that you have as far as like marketing um so I actually started studying marketing it's one of my other passions is marketing and branding and everything once I started doing it for myself I'm like wow this is a whole different world and I just Mm -hmm. love it and so I do a lot of social media and I started my podcast also and that's like a huge thing to promote but I try and do things that aren't like like I don't try and only focus on social media I do email marketing and then I do a lot of Pinterest which Pinterest is like huge and people don't realize it yes it's um Yeah, it's so huge. And it's not a social media platform. And that's what people confuse it as it's actually the third, the third largest search engine in the world, which is like amazing. (laughs) I I was learning some stuff about Pinterest. I'm not on Pinterest yet. And I need to like, there's, there's only so much time in a day. And I know I have to be patient. But with Pinterest, it's like, it's so cool, because you can post the same thing over and over and over again. And it's still just it's not, it's because it's not the same. They don't, I don't think that people realize it and you just change like mm-hmm. certain things and yeah. yeah. And then it's like, it doesn't matter with Instagram, you post uh, a photo and a month later that photo is buried and you don't see it. But with Pinterest, it can always just reappear. It can always come up and somebody could pin it and then it could just like become a viral pin or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Um, what is your favorite, um, online form of marketing? My favorite online form of marketing, probably Pinterest. (laughs) Yeah. Either Pinterest or I started doing a lot with Facebook groups. And so I think that's a really good way because it builds a genuine connection with people instead of just like trying to sell people, you're actually like getting to know them and what they like and, I've, um, when I, during uh, quarantine, I completely redid my website and I got so much help from my Facebook group. I'm like, okay, please like give me your honest opinion. Do you like, like what I'm redoing? I did like redid my entire brand, my, all of my colors, my logos, my fonts, images, everything, my entire website. Oh, it took forever, but thank God I had like quarantine time. So yeah, (laughs) definitely. Yeah. So Facebook groups really help. And then there's always those, um, those little threads. It's like, oh, today's Wednesday follow or something follow on social media, or this is link Thursday, put your website links below or something. (laughs) So how active would you say that you are when it comes to Facebook groups? I know that we probably, we became friends out of the women helping women entrepreneurs group. It's a great group, but see, perfect example. (laughs) But yeah, how much do you use those groups? Um, I actually started using them a lot more recently just because that every time I do use them, it's like, that's my thing is I need to remind myself to stay consistent when I, when something is working, like stay consistent with it. Uh, so now 
especially since I don't have my phone, I'm only like going on Facebook on my laptop. And so for the last few days, that, that's like all I've been doing is just in Facebook groups. But usually I'm not in there that much. So I think it just depends if I have my phone and if I check from my phone or from my desktop. When I'm on my desktop, I'm in Facebook groups a whole lot. <laughs> when I'm on my phone, I'm rarely in Facebook groups. So I, I can't really judge. Like that sounds terrible. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe just you should look into that because I mean, you know, it does you it does sound beneficial to you. So I think yeah. you should. Yeah. I need to be I need to use the groups more than I do because yeah. I don't use it as much and I should because there are so many free resources while you'll get caught up paying for things that is already been given for free and Mm. you got to learn that one of the biggest lessons I've learned since being an entrepreneur is you do the things that people are actually telling you to do don't wait to pay for it because people will give you some of the best information but you don't, you don't value it because you hadn't paid for it because you've got no, mm-hmm. no sweat in the game. Mm-hmm. So actually take what people are, the advice that people are giving you and see what you can do with that before you, and I'm not, and as a coach, I, I want people to invest in my services, but at the same time, they need to at least invest the time in themselves mm-hmm. first right. in their businesses. Right. Cause like for me, it's, I don't want to help somebody with something and they pay me for it, but then I'm not get any benefit from it. So it's like, I want like, help me help you. Like you want to help yourself first before anybody else mm-hmm. can help you. Yeah. So definitely. All right. Last question in five yeah. years, where do you see yourself? Oh man. <laughs> in five years. Oh, so I don't know. And I can't, Okay, I can't believe I'm saying this out loud, but when I was in Mexico, I was sitting, I went to the beach and I was, uh, it was the sunrise and I was sitting there watching the sunrise and I was like, give me a sign, like, should I stay in New York within the next five years? And it's so funny you ask me that because I was asking the universe, I was like, give me a sign, should I stay in New York for the next five years? And a bird came and like, it was a seagull. There were seagulls flying all over, but a seagull came and like, stopped and landed right next to me and was just staring at me and wouldn't move wouldn't leave and I'm like looking at him I'm like are you my sign people probably think I'm crazy like (laughs) talking to some bird on the beach like are you my sign (laughs) no but so I don't know if I'm gonna be in New York in five years um I love New York and I I want to be a snowbird like I want to fly away for the winter so it's kind of weird my sign was a bird but um (laughs) So that's my goal is to be a snowbird and just like be able to work my business from anywhere. And I think uh, New York will always be my home, but I hate the cold and I hate the winters. And I want to expand my fashion brand and eventually maybe have um, like a boutique hybrid event space. Like uh, I... So I had a launch party in January and thank God it was in January because it was right before everything shut down. Right. And it was amazing. It was my first ever event. And I had like my handbags for sale. I had a runway show. It was a networking event and it was, it was amazing. And I was like, Oh my God, if I could do this, like at least once a year or like twice a year, I would love that. So I like envisioned um, a boutique where people could come and shop and then 
uh, I want to expand my fashion brand and get into vintage clothing as well. So I slowly started curating vintage clothing. And if I could have like, like brand new sustainable stuff on one side, vintage stuff on another, and then like an event in the middle and like people can just like, like a pop-up shop, like shop and network, like, oh, that's where I want to be in five years, <laughs> but I don't know where that will be. I don't know if it'll be in New York or somewhere warm, Texas, Florida. I don't know. <laughs> hey, you, you've said it already. You don't need to know where or any of that other stuff. You just need the goal and you have yes. the goal and God will lead you there. Exactly. I just need to figure out where, but God will lead me there. Yes. God will lead you there, girl. <laughs> Is there anything else you would like to say to the listeners? Um, yeah, I would just say, believe in yourself. And if you think that you shouldn't, like, it's, it's not for you, but it's your passion, keep doing it. Like, don't give up, keep doing it. If plan A doesn't work, try something different and just keep going for it. Like me with my fashion brand. I loved fashion and I started with buying and doing fast fashion. I still have a, fa- still have a fashion brand, but it's a sustainable fashion brand and it's good for the environment. So my plan changed, but my end goal is still having a fashion brand. So <laughs> I love that. Thank you so much. And I'm looking <laughs> Thank forward you. to seeing what you do in the future too. <laughs> Thank really you. appreciate being on here. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Empowered Woman Podcast, Badass and Unfiltered. If you like what you're hearing, please subscribe. For guest opportunities, you can email us at theempoweredwomanpodcast at gmail.com, also linked in the description below.